This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. Oh, thank who, you. Who am I with? Jesse. Jesse Hugh. You could be a different Jesse. Okay. It's me. Okay. It's, it's the Jesse. real Jesse. I believe you. The human Jesse. The human Jesse. Uh-huh. That's, thank goodness. The non-human Jesse, not as much fun. Yeah. I posted an article on our Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I saw that. About uh, deleting memories. Yeah. It was really interesting. It popped up in my actual, like, if you can call it a normal, like, normal Facebook feed. And I was oh, like, geez. that sounds familiar. Went and looked at the article and was like, that's a long episode of a PBS show that I don't like to watch anyway. Like, I like to watch specific episodes of, of Nova, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the PBS show. But uh, this one really caught my eye because the article, which was from The Telegraph, said, scientists have discovered how to, quote unquote, delete unwanted memories and the picture that they used is mm-hmm. from uh, uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah which is one of my favorite movies anyway but yeah. it it was interesting it was like okay so the the nova episode is actually called memory hackers um it's really interesting they talk about a handful of things and just like i i don't know digesting memories from other people's brains and hmm. uh, but then it very quickly moves into the the act of forgetting right and uh, one of the neuroscientists who works on the project or worked works on projects related to this says forgetting is probably one of the most important things that brains will do. We understand only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to human memory, though. So, yeah. But there is a hang on uh, clinical psychologist, Merrill Kint who has discovered that medication can be used to remove negative associations from some memories, through which she has managed to, quote-unquote, cure patients of arachnophobia. Nice. So in 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 essence, and I'm going to say essence because, like, this is not at all the way I thought, mm. but, like, medication. So mm. she's medicated some, some patients and has been able to erase their memory of being afraid of spiders. Cool. I, I think it's cool. It's a it's a cool take on it. Is it so how are they doing it? It's not like it's not the methodology isn't the same as what they're doing in the movie. No, is it? not even close. Like so it, they get it's a, like some sort of like chemical. A, uh, an orally taken uh, yeah. some sort of or is it injected maybe? It's a drug. All right. And then they is it like psychotherapy on top of that? Some sort of um there's a whole separate telegraph article, like a, a different article based mm-hmm. on like that that particular um psychologist's research. I can post them both to the okay. to the um the webpage, the Facebooks. Maybe can, we'll just have to do another episode on. Well, I think that was the idea when we first forgetting. like came up with the idea of the podcast. Is there are there's going to be leaps and bounds yeah. that are going to happen to some of this technology or to these impossibilities? At least we're mm-hmm. going to have to cover them again, or at least cover different aspects of them. Yeah, which is actually how we landed on today's topic. That's right. What are we talking about today? Today's telepathy, and it's not telekinesis. It's not telekinesis. And no, that's for a different day. But that is. is that would be an interesting one. I didn't we already do something like that? We did teleportation. Oh, see. I, the telly threw me off. Yeah. Just like the Brits. Oh. You know, I was thinking of a television episode. Really? That we could do. I may have to, to think about it some more before hmm. I can articulate what exactly I'm thinking of. Okay. But so that being season. said though, what, what yeah, next season indeed. I mean we, we we need more to talk about. I think no, we have enough. Just, Sorry, we need better things be to best. talk about. Okay. <laughs> We can use, we can always use more ideas. I yeah, it's not like it won't get covered. We don't plan on like oh well four four seasons was all we wanted to do. We're done now. We're not going to run out of impossible things. No, there's lots of them out in nature. Even some of them uh, hilarious mm-hmm. in concept. <laughs> yes, it could easily be a comedy if either uh, one of us were funnier. No, true. Thank you. <laughs> so what do we what do we mean when we talk about telepathy? Like uh, let's define what we're talking about versus like the. I don't know, yeah. harebrained stuff, if there is anything harebrained about this. 
Oh no, no, everything is totally sane. Oh, naturally. Yeah, when you. Yeah, no, I feel totally non-crazy when we talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so broadly, I think we're talking about transmitting thoughts from one mind to another. One mind to one another. other mind, or one mind to many other minds. Uh, okay. I was thinking of one other mind. I mean, it Let's, is a I mean, distinction. That's, like that's you, you hard can, enough, you can right? orate to a crowd. So if you could not orate to a crowd, could you think to a crowd? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 just asking for just talking about one to one communication or one to many. I think I think I was sticking to one-to-one. Let's stick with that for that's, now. That seems like a perfectly think, daunting overcome, task all by itself. Right. If we overcome the, that impossibility, then sure, we'll figure out how to do it to multiple people. Yeah. And, the, and vice versa, right? Thought reading, mind reading. That's terrifying. So the other the other thing that I sort of thought of was it's active. In, in my in my idea of what telepathy is, mm-hmm. is communication. It's, it's intentional between both parties. Sure. Or uh, you know a number of parties, okay, whatever whatever it may be. Sure, if you want to, as you said, orate to a crowd mm-hmm. telepathically, the people listening they're not passively you know subject subjected to your thoughts. Well, I mean, but to the point of speaking, I could just walk by some public speaker and not be choosing to listen to sure. it, but hear it anyway. I mean, there's a lot of once you start thinking about mind communication, there's there's a myriad ways you can go. Yeah, just completely. ask the comic book society. Oh, goodness, and no, seriously, they had a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask them that. Okay, I'm a, I fear their answer. No, no, <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you, you don't have a choice. This is like the telepathy where I don't you walk have a by choice. a person. Yeah, and, that's what this is. And <laughs> you're you're doing to me the current situation I just Which, laid out. You brought up. So you, you're talking about just projecting a thought into someone's mind that they have no control over receiving or not. Yes. And uh, that's what I'm going to do to you with powerlisting.wikia.com. Oh, no. They've got, so power, powerlisting.wikia.com. And you go there and you, uh, it's like slash power slash telepathy or something like that. But I clipped it. It's in our, the uh, the picture. If you with clipped the it, I will post professor, it. Professor X there. Oh. You see that? So there's there's a list of five. No, five. How many? Four? Three? Three. Four. Four levels. Oh, four. I see it, yeah. There's four levels of application. Oh, my goodness. In the basic level, there's four ways. In the advanced level, there's like, I don't know, too many five. to count. There's freaking 30 of them. In the master level, there's a bunch. And then oh, ultimate. Oh, no, there's five. There's five levels of, of mind communication. Oh, my goodness. Telepathy. That, okay. And in each heading, they've got, you know, multiple. Subheadings. Yes. And descriptions of them. Just as an example, basic level is uh, mind reading, the ability to read the thoughts of others mm. uh, in the advanced level they have something called downloading the ability to quickly process store download Wait, downloading or downloading uh, depends on your connection speed I suppose so then at the master level there's at the master level consciousness transferal yeah the ability to transfer one's mind into a new body that sounds familiar doesn't it we did something an episode like that we didn't actually do it but we no, discussed the episode we did ultimate level project one thoughts or omnipathy the ability to read the thoughts of billions or more subjects at once. Yeah. That's the subject of many an evil villain in comic oh, book that's land. that's right. And then the, the crazy stuff is the absolute level, like mindscape materialization, the ability to will one's thoughts and their inner world into reality. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> That's, that's not true. It's that's terrifying. A way to, that's a way to make utopia. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you would experience your own utopia and it wouldn't affect me at all. I would love that. In a way, though, isn't that just living? The Matrix, have, the matrix has you, Jesse. I have something in my head and I want it to be real and so I can work very hard and make it. I guess it only works for concrete, you know, yeah. things. Yes, the physical. I imagine a bookshelf. I will use my mind powers to bring... To, and create, my, to create that bookshelf. And my own two hands oh. to bring this bookshelf into reality. Yeah, I guess that's true. If you define it that way, then yes. <laughs> yes, that is the way 
it works right now. Anyway, so there's all these layers to telepathy. But, Interesting. But one of the somebody's really dissected this as a topic. Geez. Leave it to the comic book nerds fixing the world's problems. Like so not being able to articulate fully what telepathy is. Uh, I think in in the basic level, one of the things that they have mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And it's, they call it psychic communication. Yes. Which is the ability to open up secret conversations and relay covert information. Sure. Which implies a one-to-one connection. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I would, I would go with that inference. Mm-hmm. So I can talk to you about something that we don't want. You the know, listeners to hear it? Certain coworkers of ours to hear. It's not very nice. Jimmy's not here. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Jimmy. Anyway, I hope you listen to that and are offended. Yeah. More because I hope you're listening and less because I hope you're offended. He's not listening to these. So that's what we were talking about. One one to one. That's where I, we're sticking. I think that's the most basic. But it is an interesting, you know, I mean, the layers to this telepathic communication yeah. once you get into it. And if it were possible, I mean, it just kind of opens up, right? It, it becomes this thing where, oh, I mean, imagine the marketing potential. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, you in theory could just do targeted marketing to mm-hmm. one person without affecting anybody else. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, that's the, our definition. But another, another definition that I think may be important as we continue discussing yeah is um is just to go really basic and say it is communication by means other than the traditional five senses yeah i saw that in your your definition i think that's rather that's a rather apt description for for Mm -hmm. telepathy Mm -hmm. and as we get more well we'll get there but i think both both those definitions a one-to-one um mind connection to relay Mm -hmm. to relay information between two brains yeah is is viable and also normally we pick one but i think in this case we'll let's do two mm-hmm. yeah. and also communi- any communication by means other than the traditional five senses sure is also an area that that we should explore yeah so wh- how did this topic come up like what were we thinking I mean, you've kind of covered a couple of them, but let's just be clear about it. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know if I put this one. Maybe I did put this one on there. Mm, I, I remember there being a discussion about X-Men at some point. Yeah. Like, that that was definitely part of it. I think, uh, I don't know, something about, like, the Force and Star Wars and how they communicate yeah. using the Force. Like, it was, it was so, there was murkiness to it, but it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely an impossibility. Put it yeah. on the list. Because yep. this was put on the list, like, a long time ago. Yeah. This was this, definitely not in the last year or two. It was Right. This seems like one ago. of the ones we, we would have maybe covered early on. Like the original ones. Yeah, it's one of the obvious. Yeah. I mean, it, one it, of the it's one of the ones. obvious ones. Like, when we were initially starting to find ideas for this, mm-hmm. other than ones we just immediately thought of, it was like, well, what what's in film that really is, is predominant, but... Mm-hmm is definitely an impossibility and this was pretty high on the list yeah so interesting to be covering it this late in the game but i think that's that like you'd be hard-pressed to find any movie that's science fiction or otherwise and not see some form of this of what we've just defined as telepathy Mm -hmm. um to that point though why do we want this to be possible uh isn't it obvious is it (laughs) Uh, if i don't have to speak I mean, don't you have this where where uh, I have this on the podcast all the time where I, I'm thinking something and it sounds so great in my head. Yeah. And then I go and try to say it and it just it's not the it, same. It falls apart. I mean, do you know, that, that do you know what I'm getting at? I, I feel like I'm, I'm thinking it just so articulately, but I'm trying to explain it. And y- Yes, it happens to I'm me. I'm really explaining it. Literally all day, every day. Yeah. 
where I go, man, I, this sounds so smart in my head. And then I start talking and I go, wow, somebody uh-huh. get this idiot to shut up. That's 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 what I think. Yeah. The problem is, is that all it, with the telepathic communication, like all of my insecurities about my thought about something in general uh-huh. would also get transmitted <laughs> to the poor sap having to listen to me, listen in quotes. I don't know. Necessarily, that may not be true. It also may not be a bad thing. I mean, like you, you've got in the notes here an episode that we have sort of like what well, topic we sort of like have kicked around mm-hmm. about empathy yeah because it's really interesting like the the older i've gotten like i don't know it, it, i don't know about you stand by here for a really poorly described uh-huh. thought that i could telepathically transmit but it like in 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 areas of my adult life like periods of time different themes come up about like i don't know life lessons i guess for me mm-hmm. and just about understanding of the world like people's life choices my life choices yeah. things like that the latest of them has been, uh, my wife points out a lot that I am not the most empathetic person, hmm. that I can definitely understand and even like put myself in the shoes of other people's situations, but I'm not very sympathetic to them all the time. I very much draw back to a, well, had they not made this decision, they wouldn't have ended up in this situation. Hmm. And that may be going back four or five, seven levels of decision making that led to that. So it makes me not really feel too sorry for anybody's particular situations. But the thing is, is like it's not a full understanding of why they made each of those decisions that led to wherever they are now and so it would be interesting because like i would i mean if you could telepathically describe something anything a situation you're in a choice you made like essentially projecting the memory memories of why you did that Mm -hmm. i would be left with no other option i would have to fully understand what you were talking about because you're not you're not you're not confined by general words and communication mm-hmm. in explaining yourself or an idea and so it could very well lead to like more empathy mm-hmm. amongst people because you're yeah. you're going to what gets transmit with that I think that isn't always clear in words um, and in our typical forms of communication is the emotion behind the choice or mm-hmm. behind behind the idea yes a lot of the time we immediately write things off as like oh well it's because there's money behind blah 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 or right. there's mm-hmm. you know there there was this motivation behind this choice or this motivation behind this idea and it's like it could be something entirely different like I mean think, mm-hmm. think about all those movies that we love where you find out the villain isn't really a just a bad person they, they're they like trying to save their kid from I don't know yeah. from, or from, they, from like some death uh, some horrible death and mm-hmm. so then they you know or you know and then the child dies anyway so they then they're oh we're gonna destroy all of Gotham I mean like take your pick mm-hmm. as to which villain it is but like those are like the, the, the type of movies, uh, comic book movies specifically, but the types of movies that people really end up loving are the ones where the villain is not truthfully a traditional villain. They're a villain that was that evil was thrust upon. Well, in an artistic sense, I think that's a that's a kind of a recent. Yeah, uh, certainly it's a recent thing. Yes, absolutely. And I wonder if it's just a phase, a cultural phase that we're going through. I think it is. I think people like that dark kind of approach to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like where the super, they like the dark approach where they're blending good and bad together. Where it's like Batman's motivated by yeah. by some evil things as well as some good things. The the thing I I like to say about movies and art in general is uh, is well one of the one of the things that motivates art and movies in particular I think is mm-hmm. what we're afraid of. Oh, completely. You know, there's a lot of zombie movies right now because people are afraid of. That. We're like terrified of zombies for whatever reason. Today, in yeah. in the '60s, people were terrified of quicksand, mm-hmm. and so quicksand pops up in all kinds of and aliens uh, movies. Aliens comes up all the time too. Yeah, yeah. Right when we started traveling to yeah. space, actually. Yeah. So I think I think an underlying current of this villain villain motivation that you're talking about is mm-hmm. is um, that could be me. 
you know, with the right set Completely. of circumstances. Well, that, and you know, that's true. And that there's nothing more empathetic than that yeah, idea. I could be the Joker. Yeah. If I could be anybody. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, look, look, look at like what they're showing in what, what they're showing those things to be like, look at the Iron Man series, the mm-hmm. current Iron Man series. It's mm-hmm. like, what are all those guys? Domestic terrorists. Cause that's what people are afraid of right now. Oh yeah. It's a very valid point. Interesting yeah. observation. So I think, I think, uh, you know, we don't see a lot of Westerns anymore where we don't see a lot of Westerns in general, but I feel like the, right. the villain in hero dichotomy in Western is it's so black and white right? where it's just like evil person. This person is robber, bad. Right. This person is good. They tell, tell us how to feel about the people mm-hmm. and like think the current, the, the current projection of story and character development mm-hmm. is we're going to tell you how to think differently about those characters. Mm-hmm. There is no stark black, stark white. Right. It's, you know, there's no stark evil and good. It's, it's all the same. It's yeah. just about what you do with it. They're all a situation. little, all a little bit evil and all a little bit good. Right. Exactly. How very yin yang of you, mm-hmm. sir. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's interesting. That's an interesting take on all of it. Um, so what what is what advantages are there to I mean other than the ones we've listed what are the advantages to telepathy? It's kind of like what we what we said already. Clear communication. Clearer communication. Uh, you yeah. remove you remove the the constraint of media being your mouth or you know or written words or your ears. Yeah. I think between between my mouth and other people's ears sometimes my meaning is lost and I would sure. I might hope for telepathy that that I can communicate more completely and concisely. I just, I feel though that like a disadvantage could be like, you could have two thoughts at the same time. One that's very private and Mm -hmm. one that's very public. Mm -hmm. And how do you, like how, how would you control if you could like protecting one thought from somebody else and then projecting one, a a different thought to somebody else? Well, that's a good question. But how do you project a thought anyway? Well, that's (laughs) that's assuming that you can. I think that one's kind of, I feel like we're far closer to technology that will allow you to read somebody's memories okay. or, or read somebody's brainwaves, you know, et cetera, et cetera, ideas, whatever, instead of you choosing to transmit one or many. Okay, you bring up technology. Sure. Uh, and I think that's where that's where our discussion should focus. Generally, we, we tend to want to focus on that. Right. Technological, technological aspect of things. So I did see a study... Uh, that okay, the headline is is sort of uh, what do you, what do you call it? Maybe maybe uh, misleading. Okay. <laughs> the, the headline is scientists prove that telepathic oh. communication is within reach. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear how they've proven this. Okay, uh, let me read you the second to last paragraph. Oh, please do. Still. Telepathic communication that works like a sort of futuristic walkie-talkie will, that will involve major advances in sensing, emitting, and receiving technologies, and perhaps even a slight retaining of the human brain. Retraining, sorry, retraining of the human brain. At the same time, Pascal, Pasquale Leon cautions that scientists must also keep in mind the ethics of tele- telepathy. Could there be a potential for sending someone a thought that's not desirable to them? He says, those kinds of things are theoretically in the realm of possibility. Well, that's not what I was thinking of. But that is a good point. Yeah. And it's kind of what we discussed already. Uh, but what I was hoping I was going to read was was where he says, oh, yeah, this isn't all that close. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in here. It's, uh, anyway, it's somewhere in the article he does say, oh, I see. It's right here. It's Perfect. in the middle. It's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the process was drawn out, if not downright inelegant. Mm. So they basically what they did, This it was a Harvard study with a, a number of other groups, one being a, a group called PLOS1, P-O-L-S-1. Hmm. 
And uh, okay, the team, whose members come from Barcelona-based research institute Starlab, French firm Auxilum Robotics, and Harvard Medical School, published their findings in the journal Plus One. Oh, that's where Plus One comes in. Oh, Plus One is a it's journal. A, a journal. Interesting. Gotcha. I didn't make that distinction before. Huh? So anyway, what they did basically was they were trying to prove telepathy in a technological sense. Uh, first, they had to. I'll just read the, the description of what they what they did from Perfect. the article because it's uh, more concise than I could explain in my own words. First, the team had to establish binary code equivalents of letters. For example, H is zero zero one one one. Then, with EEG sensors attached to the scalp, the sense the sender moved either his hands or feet to indicate a one or a zero. The code then passed to the recipient over email. On the other end, the receiver was blindfolded with a transcranial magnetic stimulation system on his head. TMS is a non-invasive method of stimulating neurons in the brain. It's most commonly used to treat depression. The TMS headset stimulated the recipient's brain, causing him to see quick flashes of light. A flash was equivalent to a one and a blank was a zero. From there, the code was translated back into text. It took about 70 minutes to relay the message. Two letters. Hi. 70 minutes. Using email, an EEG, and a TMS. Hmm. So does that sound like telepathy to you? No. Not, I mean, not, <laughs> Me not in the traditional sense. Like, it's like so, it's such a stretch. Well, it, it's a stretch. It's a stretch in definition. And then on top of it, like the technology, it just, it's a stretch in practicality. Yeah. What's the point of that? Like yeah. I mean, I the art, an article I found like this. This was the 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 breaking headline. Mm-hmm. I brain to allow Stephen Hawking to communicate through brainwaves alone. But it's not telepathy. What it is is it's an EEG monitor mm-hmm. like this helmet that detects you know certain electric electronic impulses like natural electronic impulses in the brain mm-hmm. and then translates that to text mm-hmm. so you can read it. Not not that you put a helmet on and he puts a helmet on and like holy crap I can hear his thoughts. Nothing nothing like that. Mm-hmm. This is like. And it has an intermediary, which is a computer. Yeah. And then it like translates it to a traditional form of like ingestive communication, which is like, that's not really telepathy, but But, I'll I'll give it to you. I'm fine with that. And in some of these instances, especially the, so we brought this up in super soldiers Mm -hmm. where telepathy could be something desirable for a super soldier to have or a, a, you know, a squadron. Communicating silently like that Mm -hmm. would make warfare an entirely different dimension. Yeah. So... I mean, in the, in that sense, this this telepathic communication is viable under the definition under our definition, but it's not it's not what we're thinking of, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what you're trying to say, right? Uh, well, so. I mean, like, so one of the other things I found. Did you find any patents related to this? I didn't. I did. Oh, do tell. U.S. Patent six one five five nine seven four. Which with with Google, there's a Google, there's actually a Google subdivision called Google Patents. Uh-huh. So the abstract of this is for an apparatus of monitoring brainwave activity in a patient allows the patient to be mobile during the monitoring. Okay, that's. I mean, it, it's a, it's specifically about the device that goes on the head. So it's an EEG that's wireless. Yes, that's. I was going to say what it is though is that it's an EEG that's completely wireless that allows. I don't know, people to move around. And then it says uh, EEGs may be displayed on a screen or printed on a roll of paper. The physician can review the EEG for evidence of abnormal brain activity in the patient while they're moving around. So basically, this is being invented for a doctor to monitor a patient in a normal, quote unquote, normal Uh, living situation as opposed to like sitting them down somewhere in a hospital. Some some sort of lab. Right. And and them not being out in nature. Mm -hmm. This is basically a way to study the brain. Their natural habitat. Yeah. Study the brain with its natural 
day as opposed to like right That's, taking it out of its natural situation sitting in a chair in a yeah. hospital and then as putting opposed it on to, a machine look at these pictures of spiders now don't you feel afraid as right. opposed to like just go about your day and when you see a spider i'm gonna like what did you see at 1033 when i see the spike in your eeg yeah yeah exactly and so like being that these sensors would this helmet that is an actual like patent Mm -hmm. that these sensors would be on you all the time all day i mean i watched well i'll get to that in a second but like this could be the first step in like well having you know having an eeg on all day could give you the ability to control things maybe like communicate things but it would be Mm -hmm. again to an intermediary like a computer yeah um there's a there was a very short run series on discovery i think it was or maybe the science channel Mm -hmm. it was called prototype this and they kind of similarly similar similar like conceptualized to the way our podcast is they'd find impossibilities Mm -hmm. with technology and then they would be tasked with you get 48 hours to try to build a prototype oh yeah one of those was driving a driving a car with your brain oh yeah we brought this up before they totally did it nice they totally did it i mean like not efficiently in 48 hours in 48 hours or or a week or however long they have like it's a short amount of time Mm. i have the episode i should i should send it to you have you watch it but it's an interesting episode but they use one of these eeg helmets Mm. i mean it's not wireless by any stretch of the term but it's pretty lightweight it's nothing like the massive helmets that you see maybe with 52 hours they could have made wireless maybe goodness actually with technology nowadays they probably could have like with Uh, how stable wi-fi has become and bluetooth has become they probably could have done wi-fi is stable wi-fi can be stable oh we should say that i had no idea Maybe they used a, a long-range uh, Wi-Fi technology. Okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> anyway, I, the fact that there's a patent out there for a helmet that monitors EEG, like I think is yeah. is a step in the right direction, Go step in that direction going to where you could monitor and record brainwave activity throughout the day without a lot of interruption. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Yeah, but like, and that being said, like the next step leading back into our topic, the next step of that is transmitting, transmitting that EEG signal to another user user mm-hmm. uh, wirelessly as well right and you see so you see this uh, scientific study that was done using the tms receiver on the other side no yeah that's what we just talked about no oh, that one yeah sorry he's an eeg for the sender and then mm-hmm. a tms okay it's yeah, basically yeah, the reverse but um i mean it's so it's that there's it's too technological you know uh a sender and receiver basically interface yeah yeah and then it's an it's email in between right. so it's so kind of but like contrived and mechanical completely and the, and the contri- contrivance at least to me would be like okay so I'm going to telepathically send an email I'm going to want to go read that thing before I send it because what mm-hmm. if there's a bunch of like mumbo jumbo or non-coherent thought in the middle right. of like a really coherent thought in of this my t- thought email yeah. my thought mail in this uh, in this one though the the EEG was picking up on the the, the movements of mm-hmm. the person yeah so he was moving his hand mm-hmm. for a zero and his foot for a one or something or, yeah. or vice versa right but it wasn't like the subject just thought mm-hmm. something and then it wrote it down right they they had to do a code it's telepathic and, control though that's not it's but it wasn't that's not like a transmitting just, a thought that's transmitting a control but it had they had to move their body that's not well that's not even t- telepathy that's motor control yeah yeah no i'm I, and then the eeg read that to your point and yeah. encoded it see that's not but I mean, I don't know. It's a we step we in uh, we disparage it, it I guess. and you say it's a step in dissecting it, and that's exactly what I'm getting at. Uh, even if you know any technology that's been been developed in the past, it starts out really clunky and unusable. Yeah, like organic electronics. Yeah, completely. like a, an automobile. Right. Henry Ford said, as I'm sure I think you've 
quoted this to me in the past. If I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Yep, that's true. And uh, automobiles were not better than horses when they started out. No. But people like Henry Ford and others Uh before him made them faster, better, cheaper. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's only so much efficiency you can make, though, in that. And that's when you come up with something like organic electronics or mind communication. But if you if we if we saw this study and said, oh, come on, that'll never that's worthless. Mm -hmm. That'll never be useful for anything. Yeah. You know, and we just stopped. Then, you know, this wouldn't go anywhere. Right. When, in fact, you know, on one hand, it's kind of okay. that's really inelegant Mm -hmm. and clunky. And it took you know, over an hour to transmit one word from one person to another. And it wasn't right. even really transmitted via brain, brain to brain. But I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the positivity of that, it's like, look, we did this. It's like you, you did do that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it telepathy per mm-hmm. se, but you're, you are right. You used your brain to communicate without speaking. Yeah. I'll give you that. And you're absolutely right. That does lead into other like other people figuring out like more traditional, more towards the traditional mm-hmm. path of like communicating on with your brain. But interesting. Like yeah. it, it's an interesting perspective on it because like I think a lot of people, uh, including myself, just automatically write this off as like that's just that's completely a harebrained idea. Nobody would want to do it that way. Right. What what are the purposes? But then it's like pull somebody like Stephen Hawking into the mix and it's like he can't communicate verbally mm-hmm. or write anything down. And I think that's one of the main the you know, goals of this would be, would be, uh, accessibility. Right. You know, somebody who has communication challenges. What, what about a baby? Or a baby. Wow. Like, a, right. Like, what, I, mean, I didn't even think of that. Or, a, I don't know, an animal or something Incredible. like that. Like, who's to say that there's any particular constraints on language or species? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't know, but we're going to find out. We may. With this type of research, or like, what natural progression is, is to find out if, like, a cat could tell you, like, their yeah. thoughts and feelings, or if, you know, a dog or a horse or a yeah. baby. I would love know? to know. If my dog actually needs to go out or if he's just sniffing around the door. Right. For no reason. Right. Goodness. The possibilities, they're endless. Yeah. So you you actually, you clipped an interesting, uh, I don't know if you clipped it, but you, you have an interesting article here or an interesting point in our outline about twins. Oh, yeah. Like twin correlate the two, sir. Uh, th- there seems to be this idea that twins are somehow connected. Yeah. They have like a some sort of psychic connection. I mean, you could say. Yeah, uh, sure. At least they... I think they're sometimes perceived. Do you know any twins? I do. I think they're they're sometimes perceived to be able to, you know, like they're on the same brainwave or whatever, however you would right. say it. Like they're thinking the same thing. They're right. going, they can, somebody, one of them starts saying something and the other one, you know, picks up on what they're talking about way faster than other people around. Yeah. I don't know if you've had that experience. I, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Like not nearly as the weird, like, whoa, kind yeah. of, you know, response to it. But yeah, sure. So the author of this, uh, yeah, that's true. It's not always that impressive the author of this article is a twin mm-hmm. and so she tells about it did her twin write the same article oddly enough no oh. just kidding but she tells it so excited she tells him <laughs> she tells about this this time when uh, i think she was just at work or she was doing interviews or something at her job and then her sister was out hiking and uh, had fallen and sprained her foot and had to limp back to the car and um, get help once she was there. But mm-hmm. the, the sister who was at work kind of got worried about her sister at the same time that the injury happened and wanted to call her and 
you know, excused herself from her job duties and went and made the phone call and couldn't get through and then like just worried about her the rest of the day. Yeah. And then later they found out that the one the one sister's worry had started at the same time the other sister's injury had occurred. And so and it seemed like they what she was saying was this happens all the time. Okay. Um fair enough. But there's been so they did some studies. So this the, the author wanted to know like, is this real? Or is it right naturally? Is it just something that we you know project? Did this just happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was one, an experiment where some researchers had had two subjects, and they're they're twins, obviously, because it's a twin study. So the one one twin would choose a card and uh, try to telepathically communicate what was on the card to the other. Yes. And it was like pictures of stuff, not not playing cards, but you know, like a picture of a I don't know I don't know what they use cats or dogs or sure. Whatever. So and then the 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 receiver the other twin would try to choose out of the same out of a similar deck uh-huh. you know the card yeah and they had fifty percent accuracy you would think that you would get that just in general though mm, it depends on how many cards I think I suppose but so they did it again where the the researcher mm-hmm. chose the card oh. for the sender to transmit yeah and then they had they did the same thing except for the only difference was a third party chose the card for the sender to transmit and the receiver yeah. to receive and it was 25% accurate yeah so even less so so do would they you think they that's attributed m- the oh, the the 50% you know the 25% difference yeah or actually the the doubling of accuracy sure to um, shared preference i was going to say inclination is what i would i would attribute that to is like well they're just they have similar personalities therefore they have similar like yeah leanings similar desires similar choice selection i mean like mm-hmm. i would think you would get close to 50% accuracy of just traditional siblings mm-hmm. and that's that's what they said here there was another test that showed kind of the same thing where they yeah. were they were each given a survey and they said answer answer the way you think you're twin would answer sure and they were they were you know no more likely to predict correct answers than right than you know other types of siblings or right. parents and children interesting so, like i mean i think it's just a matter of knowledge like you just you know that other person so much better because you probably spend yeah, more time than that's like exactly traditional what, siblings would but. exactly what she says this would leave it lead us to believe that these connections are not really paranormal activity but all at all but instead normal results of living together and coming to know one another very yeah. well in fact what may appear to be a psychic connection could merely be a heightened ability of keen observation. She goes on to point out, like, your senses are on always taking in data. Yeah. Even at a subconscious level. Completely. You're not thinking about. So you can, she hypothesizes that you could pick up on, you know, very, very slight um, indicators. Yeah. Of another person's preference or thoughts or if you knew them well enough, which could account for the, the seeming psychic connection yeah like i mean i think that that's this was a good that i think that was good science to confirm that it isn't anything paranormal is mm-hmm. what they said it, it confirms that it's not paranormal activity it's just it's an interesting like oh that's interesting that's how our brains work yeah curious and it was essentially uh proof to disprove yeah which uh which is nice it's nice that you touch on it in, in this context so i think the what what you may hope for in a study like that yeah is if if we have a telepathic gene at all, mm-hmm. that something like CRISPR could unlock it. Right. So and CRISPR, of course, being the gene yeah. editing tool that we was going to say, like, yeah, previously. we should reference that. Yeah. Um, so you know, if that if we even had the ability, the even if it was ability, latent yeah. in yeah. our genome, that mm-hmm. we could we could have access to it. But you know, a study like this shows 
you know, all we have is really heightened observation. Sure. Over, you know, subconscious even. And the ability for that observation time. to affect our personal right. choice. But it's still, it's still inputting through the five senses that yep. we know of. Completely. So. Well, to, I mean, to that, to that point though, do you think this will ever be possible on a technological or a natural level? Hmm. Do you think it'll be possible at all to communicate this way? Yeah. Technological is more attainable, but it's still, it's just brain waves. You know, it's, there may be a sixth sense. Sure. But it's not going to be. It's still. It's still quantifiable. Um, we would know. We would know. We would just be controlling it, and it may be something super subtle, like you know, an output, a sensory input and output that we didn't know about because it's so subtle. Like vision right. is very overt, and you don't have to study yeah. and look for vision or hearing or smell. Right. But there may so be. Overt, yeah. Yeah. There may be like a quantum level. Well, maybe it's uh, input just, and output that we have that we're just not super aware of. It could. It could just be like the a detail of a current sense. It's like mm-hmm. once you get to know oh, somebody yeah. really well, it's like like my wife. Mm-hmm. I look at her a lot. I know her. Mm-hmm. Like I can see different nuances in the expressions on yeah. her face. You can tell and, when she's tired, upset, yeah. happy, elated. I, yeah, or fake, like faking a conversation yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, feigning some sort of response. Right. Like, I, I know a lot about her. Or you, I spend a lot of time around you. Mm-hmm. Like, can tell when things are bothering you yeah. for the most part. The vocal inflections, facial, facial expression, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Yeah. And, like, maybe if if there was a way to, like, harness the, har- I don't know, harness the analyzation of people's particular personality traits mm-hmm. and people began to, I don't know, understand that a little bit better, maybe that would be, but I would still, I would still classify that as like an enhancement of an existing sense not right. a, a new one that's true so yeah i i don't know like can, but, I, but i'm i'm pretty big on the fact that we aren't using everything to its full capacity like we we don't use our like there's some mm. percentage that people throw out all the time about the human brain like oh you're only using 46 yeah. percent of your brain right it's like i what think i've heard as mean? low as like 10 percent. sure yeah. and it's like to that point what what would happen what kind of like superior access to your senses would you have if you could unlock the entire brain seriously uh a subject for science fiction. Yeah, I mean, there, isn't there a movie about this? Thought there was. I I didn't see it. I've not seen it either. I think I need to watch it if we if we ever cover it as a topic, like I don't know, uh, next week. Then uh-huh. I think I should watch the movie before. <sighs> Man, that was a brilliant segue. Thank you. Just you. like slid right into that. I, it's completely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what are we talking about next week then, Jesse? We are talking about using the whole brain. Using the whole brain. Yeah. And it's it's kind of framed around the, the movie Lucy, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think, stars Scarlett Johansson. I've seen the preview, and I think you're right. Um, and so I, I, I've not watched the movie, neither of you. Uh-uh. I, I am going to make a very strong effort to watch that movie before we record the episode for next week. I may not, but you can tell me how it is. I, I will. I will okay. tell you how it is. I, I will analyze it, and then I will try to communicate to, communicate to you all of my thoughts and feelings feelings on it all right non-verbally oh you may have limited success i think i'll have no success <laughs> but that's what we're that's what we're talking about next week but in the in the meantime like mm-hmm. tell tell us what you think about the idea on facebook or yeah. on our website yeah, i don't really care either which way yep even if it's smart alecky like scott and ryan did uh, on this last round scott and ryan <laughs> consistent and, and at alex least at least was alex uh is he being tongue-in-cheek too no no, I think Alex was being honest. I don't okay. know if Alex actually listens to this podcast, but if if he does ever happen to hear it, I appreciated yeah. the uh, the effort and input he gave us. Yeah, what he said was it was so it was kind of kind of detailed, but kind of in a way that some people I know might have meant it as like a you know a, a funny jabbing kind of a sure yeah. Uh, but but in all seriousness, it could you know that what he mentioned is like computer inputs into your body. And, yeah, like uh, USB ports to charge your phone and, and you know. 
that's not entirely out there. No, no, certainly not. Like using biothermal energy to charge your phone. Sure. But here, this is exactly what he said. I fully support the integration of technology with the human body. USB jacks in our limbs so our natural body heat can charge our phones. Ethernet jacks in our heads so we can think a website. And flash storage in our skull that our natural brain can access. Yeah. And some of those things aren't too far no. removed from reality. Completely not. Especially, especially, especially the biothermal energy. Yeah. That's definitely a big one. Talking you know, about, I think when we were when I was researching uh, organic electronics, I actually saw some brain brain circuitry integrated semiconductors. Yeah, and that's you know it's in the infancy of its development, but it may not be all that far fetched. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I'm, I mean, the bio biothermal energy is the one that I've heard the most about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in being like currently, pacemakers have a battery; they have a battery life. Yep but they might be able to be powered off of the heat that's in your body, Yeah. perhaps. I don't know. There's definitely, I'm assuming that there's research being made to mm. that. I, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure there is, but- I can't imagine. Um, but that's definitely, it's not It's not harebrained, that's for sure, but anyway. All right, so cool, good comments. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so keep them up and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. Impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible. Impossible.